Welcome to episode 224 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 224 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Owls. How you going mate? I'm very good, and you? Well, I'm, I'm impressed. You're impressed. I'm impressed because we've just been on John's new website, what is it? Triathlonfestival.co.nz And if you go on there and you check out the little video John's done, it's looking pretty sharp. You look on the course maps. Course maps, and you can check out the course. If you want to get in, enter quickly because it's going to be a sellout. Sellout, first day sellout. First day, it's sellout. going to be that, can it sell out? It can do, yeah, but I actually seriously have fairly limited fields. Oh, why? Because it's multiple laps, so it's only 5k laps, so you can only have so many people on the course. So At one time, okay. Age group race limit will be 250 people. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, well. Okay, then, uh, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com. Oh, that's what I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah, see that? I did that. Athlinks.com. Uh, social networking for endurance athletes. Triathlontoons.com. Get your tune and you'll be cool too. And Extreme Endurance. Make you try to go faster. Mm. Always. Always. This week's show, what we've got happening? We've got a bit of news. Age Gripper of the Week. And we've got an interview with a guy called Jim Cotter. Now tell me about him, John. Dr. Jim Cotter. Dr. DR. Uh, we'll do a proper intro later on, but he is a uh, former, I'm not sure if he's still current, but a very, very good multi sport athlete, um, endurance, you know, multi day racer. But more importantly, he's. Uh, a doctor at the University of Otago and specialises in sort of heat adaptation um, and the physiology behind that, so we're going to have an interview with him. I remember seeing a documentary from once years ago and um, on TV and they were following some guy doing like, what's the, what's the long four-day race, the big Eco one? Eco-challenge probably. Yeah, something like that. It was like a that. New Zealand one. Southern Traverse, is it? Yep, Southern yeah. Traverse, yep. And uh, the guy was going mad. The guy had lost the plot, like mm. mentally going mad. And uh, and he was just telling you all what was happening to his body. It was fascinating stuff mm. to watch. Uh, got a few questions and answers and we've got some more nicknames. Nice. I do two, didn't I? Only two? Two. News is probably brought to you by X Try. Let's check out the latest news, reviews, and interviews with the stars. Where's my voice again, John? Yes, and I haven't done my piece this morning. I'm not actually sure if our first couple of results are up there, but we'll have a look. So last weekend we had the Ironman um, <laughs> over in Ireland. It's a fairly small race, but they had uh, they have an Olympic there and a half Ironman, and full results now available. Now available. So Bring they up. call it the Ironman 226 Challenge. And Big field of Alan. eight. Alan Melville took it out. Oh, he dominated Dojo by over 30 minutes. 10 hours 57. Michael Holland. Second. And Robbins. DC third. And doesn't look like there's any females doing the full. Yep. So if you want to go and get in the top 10 in an Ironman, <laughs> go do that one. And uh, D-Day Triathlon? D-Day Triathlon is a race in, uh, it was in Mauritius. And they do not have their results up there this week. But it looks like a Bloody nice race if you oh, want to go and check out a scenic race. Um, go, if you want to find out more about it, go to k226.com. That's where we get the information on all the non-WTC races. I'm just clearing up pages while we're going here, John. Okay, what's next up on the news? We had some half Ironman races at the weekend. I guess some interesting racing happening. Old Chrissy took out Timberman, which uh, I didn't see the results. Did you win much? 
Yeah, she was and she was tenth overall. Um, and then Andy Potts won the the men's race. And then interestingly, though, in the Philippines, she had a seventy point three as well. And Pete Jacobs uh, took it out. Took by it seven out. Minutes killed Terenzo on the run. So on the run, yeah, which is a bit surprising. But hey, you know, I think we're, well, Terenzo's been running every day of the year this year, he hasn't has. he? And uh, some, you know, he's probably a smart enough guy that um, if, if he knows he's going to get beaten and he's uh, sitting in second, you know, he probably just thought, well, um, I'm just going to chill it out and I'm still going to finish second and I can lose, you know, seven minutes, probably ten minutes. Interestingly, though, I didn't see Cam Brown's names there in the results. Um, I know he was going over there to race, so I wonder what happened. To oh, him. what happened? Then? What happened? Okay, then what else happened, John? We also have coming up this week. No, we had the Inferno Triathlon. Okay, and I've got that one over here somewhere. Wait a second, pull me out. Slow switch page. Yep, there we go. Um, now, this is a great race. It's so a, what, this is a bit of an off-road race, is it? It is. Um, it's a bit, a bit of a combo race. You basically 3.1k swim, 97k road bike, 30k mountain bike, and then a 25k run. And I think the run pretty much goes up a mountain. Uh, Axel's been over and done this race, and I'm not sure if he was racing there this year. He's a, a local guy. And he's a pretty good athlete. But it's, been a, it's a race that's been around for a long, long time. And um, again, if you're just looking for something a bit different, um, I'm, it's in Switzerland. And uh, Mark Spitzen, who won Challenge Wanaka a few years ago, Jim yep. Fowler took it out in 8:56. So it's basically your. How do you get Switzerland from that name? Uh, I don't think you pronounce it. Like I know, I know I'm not that good with names, but I'm pretty sure you don't pronounce the P. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Um, but he's, you know, he's about a, about that's that's sort of roughly his Ironman time. So you know, it's, it's pretty decent then. Basically, isn't it? an iron distance race. If you want to go and check out something a little bit different, but a mountain bike. It was beautiful. There was the one um, Axel did the photos on it. Yeah, at the triathlon meeting, beautiful. Like again, if you want, to, if you've done a few Ironman or you've done triathlon for a few years and you're looking for something a little bit different, races like the Inferno Triathlon are the ones that you know that are kind of memorable races. Oh, yeah, eh? totally. It was just. Stunning and challenging and yeah, so really cool. Cheap. And the girl side of things? Girl side of things, Nina Bren from Switzerland took it out in ten twenty one. Nice. Okay, then what else have we got happening? Coming up this weekend, we've got Ironman, Canada or Canada? Can- Canada, we'll say. Oh, Canada? Canada, okay. we'll go with Canada. Okay, uh, do you want to look at men's or, or females? Well, last year, we'll put, have you got last year's results up there somewhere? Uh, that, that link there. So last year, no, it's... Uh, Probably that one there, I'd imagine. Oh, here we go, Jordan. Yeah, Rapp last year Jordan Rapp raced. Rapp started to get out, didn't he? Yeah. I'd be interested to see what's been happening with him because he had that really bad bike accident yeah, um, early this year. But it's often a race. That he you dominated see, last year too, didn't he? he? He did, but it's often a race you see one guy go out there and dominate. So the year before, you saw Kieran Doe go out there and kill it. Um, and we've seen guys like um, Blake, Jasper Blake go out there. It's often a one man show, and guys can often really sort of almost create their career, career from this race. So Jordan Rapp he had an outstanding race there last year and did 8.25 and won by 15 minutes from Mike Aragos and Courtney Ogden. And on the girls' side of things last year, we had Teresa Marcel uh, take it out with Again, a dominated. sub five hour bike ride, 4.58, and took it out in 9 11, winning by 29 minutes from Belinda Granger. So, on this year's um, fields. Uh, hey, John, I've done my piece. Here we go. We'll bring up the men's first. And it's a big, big size field. Um, you know, you've got Kieran Doe there who won two years ago, so I have to. Yeah, look and, out and, and back on form. You know, this year's been good for yeah. him so far, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, you've got Stefan Vukovic, who is a medalist at. Uh, the Sydney Olympics in, the, in triathlon. Um, Scott Nieri, he had a great race earlier this season. I think it was in, was it in WA or it might have been Ironman Australia, one or the other, and had a, had a great race there. Pretty and, it's, and it's a pretty large men's field. I mean, we, we know that guys have to, you know, all cough up yeah. this 750 now, and there's a lot of names on there we don't know, and there'd have to be at least 
at least I'd say 30, 30 men there. Well, what does it cost to enter an Ironman race in North America? Don't know. I'd be guessing about 500 bucks. So it's not that much difference. Yeah, it's true. I you know what I mean? Crazy. Like, if, if you do want to race pro, mm. and, you, and you get your pro card and you get all your races free then, don't you? You do, yeah. I suppose if you lived in North America, it probably wouldn't be a bad wicket because you go do quite a few 70.3s. Yeah, so it's probably, you know, when you look at it, it's actually not that expensive. Mm. Okay, then. Uh, and then the girls' side of things, what have we got happening here? John, I'm going to pull this one up here out here, and we've got, who we got? Um, Heather Wirtle. Oh, so she's won uh, the Wirtle, Wirtle Nater, won... Um, the one, the new race in Utah earlier yep. this year, and I saw her husband there was also racing in the men's race, and he's, she's, you know, she thinks he's going to crack it sooner or later. And then you got Teresa Marcel, defending champion Terry there, Norton. the Nordenator. It's a Nader day, isn't it's it? It's everything that in Nader. Uh, and those are the, probably the main ones I think we probably need to look out for there. Um, for some reason, Janelle Morrison is seated number two there in the females, so she may be. Uh, a name we should be looking out for, but don't know a lot about. Okay, then, and uh, we've got Louisville coming up as well. This is probably the first year I've ever seen it right, John. It, well done. Thanks, mate. Oh, Thanks, because it's about four or five years, and I've never said it right. Yeah. And I always get 100 emails saying it's not Louisville. It's Louisville. Louisville. And it's true to form. They've, uh, they haven't got any promo or anything like that about <laughs> it. And the, 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 the sheet with the, all the entrance on it is all just an alphabetical sheet, so we really don't know which pros are racing. Um, so we've gone back to last year's results, and last year was obviously a pretty good race because uh, Victor Zemenses... Well done. I know. Took it out by only 20, basically 25 seconds. With an outstanding run, 243 running down Luke McKenzie. Wow, that suck, wouldn't it? It would suck. Because it probably took him in the last couple of Ks. Especially when you put in a reason... I mean, a 251 is a pretty respectable run, and you're probably yeah. thinking, I'm, I'm going okay. Here, yeah. this is, this is alright. I'm, I'm safe, I'm safe, and I'm not blowing. And then, Time boom, yeah, 243. That's a great run. Oh, it's a great, run. and it's it's a race that, um, it's, it sounds I've got a couple of guys racing there. It sounds like it's going to be very, very hot this year. Um, it was, I think it was hot, I mean, I think it was a bit cooler last year. Um, but it's, it's just a hot place, so guys are going to be blowing up left, right, and center. Mm, so, there was the, the guys side of things and on the girls side of things last year. Oh, just close the that. <laughs> I might just quickly bring it up, John, let's so we can just, look professional. Let's see if I can remember who it was. Okay, let's see if you can remember. I guarantee you won't. Yeah, I know. I'm going to say it was a, a female. Uh, yeah. And uh, she uh, had two breasts. Yes. <laughs> and... and it's just bloody fast that day. It's going to be hot there this year. <laughs> it's going to be really hot. And uh, one thing I would say, uh, uh, this is the last... This weekend, I think, will be the last weekend for anybody qualifying for Kona. Oh, really? Um, for, for this year. So any races after this, such as Wisconsin, they roll over. Nina Craft seems to ring a bell, John. Nina oh, wait a second, it was Nina Craft. That's right. Oh, and yeah. we haven't heard anything. I don't really recall hearing anything about her since then. So that I was sort of her comeback. A couple of seconds or thirds. Yeah. Yep. So solid, 9.20, one by three minutes from Elizabeth Christensen and um, Kim Lofter. So it'll be interesting to see if she's... Rolling up again. Be interesting to see if she turns up in Kona as well. I don't remember her being there last year. Mm, good times. I was, I was thinking about this. Oh, actually, when we go into discussion, we'll talk about it. Uh, so coming up this weekend, we've got also um, Stitching Holland Holland Triathlon. So this one's an Almira, very long established race, 1982. So they wow. would probably put it on the map as one of the oldest Ironmans um, there is. Yeah, or Iron Distance races because you've got Ironman New Zealand. They had their 30th anniversary last year or something, yeah, like, that. something like that so it's only you know, a couple of years behind that and I know New Zealand is, is I think 
maybe with on par with Canada as being the, the oldest Ironman race on the circuit. Austria. So, so you've also got the Austria Tri Prodersdorf, and I didn't realise this one either. That's been going since 1987, and it's not a race we hear a lot about. No, the Big and Woody. Good to see the Big Woody back on. It's, it wasn't on last year. Um, so guys in the UK now have got quite a bit of choice in yeah. terms of um, what races you've got. And good races. Yeah, the Outlaw. Big Woody, um, you've got a couple of iron distance races over there in Ireland, um, so no complaints No complaints about uh, choice over there in the UK now. And the Chi Tri-Man in Cambria, and I remember that race was on last year as well, so it's one that's being a bit, a bit established now. Okay, other news, uh, new half distance for Lanza Grotti, so is it a 70.3 or is it a half no, distance? it's a half Ironman. Uh, so wait a second, is this in, by WTC? No, it's, it's by the guy who was doing... He, he basically the race director from Ironman, Lanzagrotti. Lanzagrotti, which we've heard through the grapevine is um, may not be around um, too much longer. Yeah. Um, and so he's obviously setting up another race here. It's called the Ocean Lava Lanzagrotti. So you think it will still be successful? I think it will be. Yeah, it's because it's got such a long tradition. People love go, lo- love looking for an early season race. And it's only a half. So if you're looking to do a bigger race, you can knock this well, one this, out. This one's in September, but the Iron Man is in sort yeah. of May. Um, so I, I think it'll be well. I mean, people love going there for training. Um, the palms, be hot, wouldn't it, in September? I think it probably would. I suppose it'll be coming towards the end of the peak summer season. So it probably will be still hot, but not crazy hot. I'm, I'm picking. Bert Jammer's going to do it, John. Sorry, Bert Jammer. Bert Jammer. He's nice. going to take it out. Nice. Nicola Ward's going to do it as well, so they've promised that they'll be racing. So uh, that's all good. And also, no more freelance photographers at Kona. We actually got the media release on. We must be big we time media be. now. We must be. And you know, WTC are sending us the media releases. So, so I think we've got it before any other media. It's, it'd be interesting to know what the motivation there is. I mean, um, well, it's about, can, you can understand why they're saying what they're saying. Because when you do go over there, there is a lot of media in Kona. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the thing is nowadays, let's be honest. There's lots of new media coming on board. So you've got like you've got like the types of us, you've got yep. like Nick who had his camera and so you're getting these people who have niche audiences. You know, it's not like we're NBC in America where, you know, it's a big, huge organisation. You're getting lots and lots of people who are covering the sport and it's probably, you know, maybe ten to you know, five, ten years ago you had five organisations that would cover mm-hmm. it and a few triathlon mags, so it was pretty easy to kind of cater to all those people. Yeah. But now you've actually got people who have got an audience you know, and need to be there, but you know, to get everyone on the course could be, a, you know, a yeah. nightmare. So, so you, you, hopefully, that's their motivation for doing it, and they're not. They've set up. A, well, there's another company that's basically going to take all the, all the pictures over there. Then it sounds like there might be a few select people that can be out on the course. But uh, well, and it sounds one thing as well is it sounds like the photographers they are using are high class. Yeah, you know they've got guys who have done you know them in the gridiron leagues for either Olympics. You know these people have been experienced sports. You know Tour de France. Yeah. So they're not using Mickey Mouse guys. These are guys who have been you know done sports and know how to photography. We use mm-hmm. photography in those areas. So so anyway, we'll see some uh, yeah if you're. But I suppose if you know if you are, I suppose the only downfall of that is. The photos are all going to be the same, aren't they? Well, you have got a quite a number there. I mean, and, and they, they take, they take hundreds yeah, and hundreds of yeah, photos. Yeah. I mean, I had um, Bruce, our mate Bruce, who took yep. our photos. He came out to my duathlon and he took like 400 photos. Yeah. It's like in a, a 50 minute duathlon. Yeah. So imagine how many photos I must take there. So yeah. I'm sure we're still going to see some good photography from And a bit of good variety. Yeah. Um, okay, then. Uh, oh, okay, big one from Leander Levada. Levana. Levina. Levina. Living the local Lavina. Nice. Yeah. Little bit of old Garvina. Okay. Lavina uh, Gordon was sent through as some, and actually someone else sent it through as well, but I can't remember who the other person was, so we'll just give Lavina some love right now. 
But WTC are changing the rules for WA. So this, I, I, I'm not sure if it's WTC, but WTC now are going to be running the races in Australia, but I think that's actually going to be WTC Oceania, because I think they're sort of dividing uh, their, their sort of organisation races into regions. And yeah, they're bringing in a 12-metre um, draft zone in Western Australia, which is a course that... Um, does have a little bit of a history of um, packs forming because it's basically a flat course, so it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I, well, what's great. interesting in this article is it's got the guy Shane Smith, who is the WTC Australia general manager. Under previous uh, under the previous rules, the seven meter was taken from the front of the wheel of the leading bike to the front wheel of the following bike, which resulted in actual draft distance of less than seven meters. So mm-hmm. that's why they're doing it. But in the other races, they're doing the same thing, aren't they? I'm not actually sure, but 12 metres, it's a, it's a pretty sizeable um, gap, and it's 12 metres um, back wheel to front wheel, which, oh, means, really? it is, which means it's a real 12 metres, um, whereas like I say, at the weekend we had a duathlon down here, and it's 7 metres front wheel to front wheel, which means the gap is only really 5 metres. Yep. So, you know, at, at 12 metres, the, the advantage is significantly less than what it is at 5 metres, significantly yeah, less. Yeah. So I applaud them for doing it, um, it's just going to be bloody hard to police, you know, if you've got... 50 people coming out um, within one minute and then trying to split them up into 12 metre gaps on the bike straight away, it's going to be really, really tough, um, on a, on a, especially on a flat course. So we're really interested to see how that goes for them over there and uh, they sound like they're going to be pretty stringent on it and I think they probably will be and they'll be dishing out a hell of a lot of drafting penalties. Um, it's it's a, we've talked about this in this past, but it's definitely a tough situation. It's like, this is good for the sport mm. you know, because it makes it more of an honest race. But then when the fields are getting so big, it, it's got to be a hard thing. And, and the people who are sitting around, you know, the 10-hour to 13-hour mark on the mm-hmm. race, it's going to be hard not, you know. Yeah. And, and the problem with that situation is that it's so much of your energy goes on not drafting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and that's just bad energy. And so, it, 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 but you've got to give them the thumbs up for saying, well, you know, this is a problem we're trying to address. It's just a really tough situation, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. going to get harder. Big fields make it hard. As the sport gets more and more competitive, it's going to get harder and harder. So, yeah, especially guys who race Western Australia this year, later in the year, would be really keen to hear how, how it works for you and how it works for everybody else. Okay, John's ITU update. What's happening, John? It was a big weekend. Big weekend, John. So I didn't even sleep. I was so excited. I know, but you didn't. So uh-huh. what they had last weekend, they had the World Sprint Triathlon Champs. Um, and it's really, so what distance do they do? So it's a 750 swim, 20k bike, 5k run. Quite a technical bike course. It was around in Lausanne, so multi-lap, but they had a hilly Multi-lap with 20ks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're doing... I think they maybe did either four or six laps, basically just up and down a hill and then around the right. thing. But, um, but it is a, it was a second-rate field. A couple of big stars did it, but you don't get your real big hitters. Yeah. And uh, oh, Brownlee was it younger Brownlee? Younger Brownlee. Oh, okay. um, so, there were, no, but still good guys there. But it's, it wasn't the same quality field that you get at a World Championship yep. Series race. But really, what I think they're trying to do is they had that race on Saturday. Then on Sunday, they had the World Team Champs, which is a, a relay race. You each do a super sprint. So, like uh, I think it was either two fifty swim. 6k bike, um, 2.5k run, something about those distances, and you had a team of four, um, and basically you each do an individual triathlon. Still drafting, so quite a tactical race. You do have to start in a particular way, so I think you go girl, boy, girl, boy, something like something yep. like that. Um, but Switzerland took that out again. Um, they won it last year as well, and New Zealand, New Zealand got bronze. Do we have a good field? Uh, not too bad. We didn't have our, you know, Bevan and Gemmel and, um, and Andrea, but we had, I think, I think it was Kate McElroy... Tony Dodds. 
Becca at it. Kingsford and Conjure. maybe maybe Sissons. Maybe, okay. maybe we're on Sissons. Anyway, we got bronze, so it was a bloody good effort. Yep. But the, I think what they're trying to do is trying to push that race to try to get another sport, another Aspect race the into, the, into the Olympics. Oh, because, uh, team racing? Yeah, they won't. Would you love to see team racing in the Olympics? It'd be... It'd be great because it would be great for the sport of triathlon because all so wait a second, they, do, they all do the race each. Yep, so it's like a relay. Four, and four, and four is it a sprint distance or a super Olympic? sprint? So super, it's like half half sprint. So it's like three fifth, three hundred swim, six k bike, two and a half k. Oh, that would be exciting, wouldn't it? It's good, and it, it is quite tactical, and it's a small field, so you can get away, so you can put in the big attacks, so the bikers can get away. So I think it's good, and the thing is, so much funding in triathlon results around the Olympics. Yeah. There's only three medals, and how yeah. many countries do triathlon? If you don't get a medal, you basically fail. Yeah. So if it adds another sport and gives you the opportunity to get an additional medal, um, it makes things a bit more secure for our sport in terms of getting funding from national bodies. And, and not that I've even seen these races, but it's a spectacle. It sounds like a pretty cool oh, race good. to watch, so you know what I mean? Yeah, you're urging your because, teammates on. Because, you know, you've, every team's got the weak link, and, you know, and so it's kind of like, well, you know, hopefully they can hold on, and... Uh, you know, in what order do you put your strong player in yeah. and all that kind of stuff? So it's, so yeah. it's um, and it just takes a little bit away from just being a runner's sport. It means the bikers have a, have a good chance as well. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, so if we did that, if, if they did have a team, mm-hmm. would you have your top individual athlete in the team as well? Yes, you would. But hopefully, you'd have the, say the, the, the first triathlon, the triathlon maybe on the first couple of days of the Olympics, and the and the team race maybe day seven or something yep. like that. Whereas here they did it back to back, so it's it's pretty hard. Because it would be hard if they had to do it back to back, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Okay, uh, so that's pretty much the news for this week. Sponsors: triathlontunes.com. I'm pulling up the website, John. So one thing um, we're going to just talk about is is how easy the process is to basically. Do an, do, do an order. Do okay. an order. Talk me through it, John. So all you I want to get a tune, John. I want to get a tune. On, so what am I going to do? Go on to triathlontoons.com. Click on order tune. Okay, I'm going to order a tune. <clears throat> yes. what, you, what you can do when, when you're in here, too. you can actually... Hey, who's that? Hey. Hey, <laughs> John me. Yeah. Yeah, All you need to do is basically upload a photo, which is very straightforward. And then the key thing is... Okay, I'm up, uploading a photo. You, you basically say, tell us about your vision. So then you can actually say sort of what style picture you want um, or how you want to be sort of depicted. Okay, so I want to be a superstar Iron Man. I want to be Rocky. Oh, okay, superstar like slash Rocky. Rocky. Standing on the stairs with the arms Standing in the on the stairs. On the stairs, Yep. Arms Anything else? Arms in the air. Arms in the yeah. air. Arms in like the air. Like I just don't air. care. Like I just don't care. Like I just don't care. Great. I am power. Oh, great. Care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am power. Okay. I wonder when the person gets this, what they're going to think, what the heck? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and then you go, um, well, then, then you can choose your style. So you've got to previously appear. So I'm going to go down styles. to Robert, head and bust. No, I'll go head and body with Robert. Yeah. Okay. And then remember, put in your art code I am talk, and this was eighty nine dollars ninety five. Yep, Bevan's put that in, and yep. it's gone down. And it's oh, gone down to seventy six forty six. No brainer. So the number po- of people. Oh, it's got a question mark, John, because I was going, what does that mean? But I've thought about that. They've got a question mark. If you're more than one person in your caricature tune, oh good. Uh, this is the box to let us know. Enter the number of people you'd like to have in your tune. If you require multiple individual tunes. Submit each order separately, for instance, or any special requests. Please don't hesitate to contact us. So let's say, for example, you want to do one of John and I. Yeah. You can say, okay, well, we'll put two people in there. Two. There you go. There you go. Check out. Check, check, check it out. Click the button. Very simple. Get your cool tunes. You can see ours up there as well. You just go to triathlontunes.com. Click on order tune. Do they contact you there then? 
Massive to go check out. Next, oh, I didn't put you haven't put an image in there. Yeah. There you go. But it's easy, easy. Get on there. Triathlontoons.com. And John Newson's on there as well. That's right. Got a microphone. Right. Yeah. You, you were actually doing that race with the microphone telling everyone how great you were doing. We'll try that in the, <laughs> we'll try that North America. You're, you're running along going, I'm going to win to the start line. Oops, blew up. <laughs> 35k in the run. Oh, beautiful. Bob. Triathlontoons.com, guys. Get on it. Check it out. Easy process. It's a pretty wicked cool thing to do. Okay. Um, okay, hot topic of the week. So last week we talked about what are the quotes. Who said that through, John? Can you remember? I think I put no. it on the website when we pull up. So, um, oh, excuse me, brother. Wipe that nose all over your jersey sleeve. I'm trying to get Thomas to stop doing that at the moment. <coughs> I'm not going to let him hang around you anymore. Obviously, my parents didn't do that with me. <laughs> um, here we go, athlinks.com. Uh, so the question we got through, now wait. It's basically, what, what sort of quotes do you use, great quotes, when you're feeling a bit down or try to kick your ass, get out there training, or in the race situation? Just what something sort of, to motivate you, really, yeah. eh? John, we're having issues with the interweb right now. Yes. So, well, let's start with what you have. What I have. Well, I was actually thinking about this yesterday, and I don't really have anything, Bevan. Sorry to disappoint you. I don't really use um, quotes. I'm very process-driven. So, if, you know, if I'm struggling in this situation, I'll start to think about the process of what I'm trying to do. Um, you know, an aspect. But there of must be something that tickles your emotion, John. I know you're not the most emotional character. But there must be something. Come on. If, no, Come if, on, John. If I'm in a race situation, I'm not going to think, I'm not, I'm not going to pull up a quote. It's just, it's just not the way. I, and it's the same for music for me. I don't, I don't listen to music when I train because it doesn't, doesn't work for me. <sighs> so some, some people for quotes, if they work for you, brilliant. And we've got some bloody good ones here. But if it doesn't, if you're like me, process driven. It's just the way it is. What about you, Bevan? Well, I always like it all. Come on, come on. <laughs> Jeez, come on. <laughs> um... Uh, quotes that work for me I, I have a theory in life that it always works out right and uh, I know that's not the most motivational quote mm-hmm. but in my tough times I always think it always works out right you know what I mean and that, that puts me in a mind where I can go okay well you know what I could turn this around to make this work out so in my tough moments that and that's probably it Exactly. Really. I'm not a big quote person, but I am a big music person. Yes. I do like to use emotion at, at the right times. But um, Nadia Clare, McLaren, uh, I always use uh, Sir Ed's. You don't have to be a fantastic hero to do certain things to compete. You just have to be an ordinary chap, sufficiently motivated, and it's not the mountain we conquer, but ourselves. Right. Andrew Brin's search, live strong. Linda Fong, uh, she actually sent us how to say it properly, which yes. is all good. Uh, when I need a rest day or I'm injured or something bad happens during a race, I like this one to keep me motivated. Every setback is a setup for a greater comeback. Nice. nice. Jay, splendid spinner waters. Only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go from T.S. Eliot. I do like that one. Uh, ben has that one. Celier. Celier. You're never a loser until you quit trying. Nice. Nice. Jed Botel. I see. I'm just going to pull a page there. Nice. Okay. Uh, he who doesn't fall doesn't stand up. From Fedor... Emilianico. Yeah, Andrew Seeger. Uh, if you're going to go through, uh, go through hell... Oh, if you're going through hell, keep going. Oh, Winston Churchill, that was pretty good. Yeah. Gary Simpson, practice when it doesn't count, so when it does, you're not practicing. Nice. Heath McBride, if you think you can do it, or if you think you can, or think you can't, you're probably right. Henry Ford. Giancarlo Nissen. Giancarlo! Number one, you, you race to your level of training, not your expectations. Number two, achieve, but do not always expect to win. Three, the meaning of life is that it ends. 
It's all a bit. <laughs> it's a bit bleak. <laughs> bleak. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm feeling crap. Oh, but the meaning of life is going to be. Nice. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love your work, Chris Maloney. Uh, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful people with talent. Success will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of education de- de- derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The slogan "Press on" has solved and always will solve the problem of human race. Calvin Coolidge. Coolidge. Uh, what would you attempt to do if you knew you would not fail? It's always a good one. And the key is not that the win. Uh, will the will to win? Everyone has that. The key will be to prepare the win. That is important. Yeah, big one there. Yeah, you do. Big one. This is a good one from Graham McCullum from his wife. Stop whinging and go training. <laughs> Um, sport is 90% mental and the other half is physical nice <laughs> number three you look at what these look this This is you, you palms are going to love this one look at what these bastards have done to Wales they've taken our coal our water our steel they buy our homes and live in them for a fortnight every year what have they given us absolutely nothing we have been exploited raped <laughs> controlled and punished by the English <laughs> and that's who you're going to play this afternoon from Phil Bennett in the 1977 pre-game prep talk for his Wales team. And, I'm not and Graham's Welsh. not Welsh. Beautiful. Uh, Michael Shearer. Uh, uh, that does not kill us, makes us stronger. Nice. Nice. Who's that from, Bevan? Uh, you say it, John. <laughs> Friedrich Nelson. Yeah. Michael Hood. The Henry Ford quote is actually, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, either way, you're right. Okay, Dave Robinson. Train, hard training. Easy combat, easy training, hard combat. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? It's a cracker. Yeah. Uh, Tom Clements, pain is weakness. Hold on. Leaving the body. Leaving the body. Pain is weakness, leaving the body. It's made Rob, but I actually think it comes from Lance Armstrong. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Sean O'The Porno Barnes, uh, when it's game time, it's pain time. That's a good one. Oh, and that's from Terry Tate, uh, offensive linebacker. Nice. David McMillan from Bernardino. As long as I can breathe, I can attack. Nice. And Bradley Carroll, the body is evil <laughs> and it must be punished. God, I think I'm going to take away from this, <laughs> that one. The body is evil and must be punished. And also, Sean of the Pornos, when it's game time, it's, it's pain time. time. Love your work. Okay, so last week we talked about on the show, we were talking about Julie Dibbins and the fact that she stopped uh, for five minutes mm. to make sure that her other competitors got the payday in the 70.3 or so. In, in Boulder. Boulder. Yeah. Um, and so we were wondering... Would you do the same thing? And if you would do the same, oh, or just would you do the same thing? Would you have stopped them? And um, yeah, would you basically have done the same thing, or would you have just carried on? And uh, well, I would have been interested. I would have loved to have seen this happen in Kona, and <laughs> I would have been loved to have seen this happen in Kona, and then to see how they would have portrayed it yeah. on the TV coverage. Yeah, because remember the year Nina Craft got done for drugs. Yeah. Now, if you if you watched the Kona year, that must be two thousand and three or four. Uh. I think it might have been no more like two thousand and f- I think it was the year I went in, in two thousand and five. Oh, okay, think. okay, yep. Yeah. I knew it wasn't the year I did it, but yeah, it was yeah. around then. Okay, so two thousand and five. If you if you get a chance to see the coverage of two thousand and five, the whole day that it just they talk about Nina and the race, don't they? they yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end, just at the end, they just have a little kind of a, a asterisk saying, "Oh, by the way, she got done for drugs." And yeah, they don't in the race coverage. They don't even say it. it's just a little line 
when they do the final results, her name's not there and there's a lot of asterisks. They kind of don't even acknowledge that there was a big big issue in our sport of a drugs cheat. And in a, in a way, it was kind of sad, really, because it's kind mm. of really representing that the Kona coverage isn't really about the sport. It's more about the story. And uh, I'd be fascinated to see if this had happened in Kona to see what they would have done. They wouldn't even, I don't reckon they wouldn't even show it. They, or they, they would have just shown her crossing the line. Yeah, they'd tear it running down the first shoot and then they'd cut to something else and they'd show her coming across the line. And yeah. uh, I'm sure they wouldn't. Um, I mean, it would get discussed widely and I'm sure oh, it would in, try in, in our media, community, would, yeah. But in the mainstream, it wouldn't even, it wouldn't rate a mention. Yeah. So it would you do it? And in that situation, yeah. So you can, so your mates can get some prize money. Or you've got should Julie Timmons have stopped, and would you do it? So should she have done it? Yeah, that's a good point. Should she have stopped? And if you're in the same situation, would you have? Okay, John, let's do an age group. Should you? Would you? Should you? Would you? Could you? That's right. We probably couldn't. No, because <laughs> we are winning these three point threes. Okay, here we go. Age group of the week, and uh, you might hear some background sounds happening because Rich and my flatmate, we're, we we do the show <laughs> in my bedroom, and my bathroom's getting up, done up right now, and the en suites, my en suites, the only one with a toilet in it, yeah. so Richard's gone to the toilet. So if you hear some noises, that's Richard's groaning call. in the background, groaning in the background. Okay, so age group of the week, who do we got? We got this week, we got an email sent through from Ed Hawkins, good old Ed Hawkins, his, his, his head's frying in uh, in Abu Dhabi or somewhere over that direction. Yeah, he's because you he's thought you were your sloppy um, oh, no. clip was, was quality and it was it clearly was not no he's, he's a wise man yes. and, and, and he's actually pretty good at showing his wife love as well so did he put some YouTube clips out there for you has he <laughs> not loving John <laughs> just love you know he's, and you know what she's got there's a lot of love happening in their relationship John I'm sure there is there is okay I'd like to nominate a friend of might from the Do- Dubai for age group of the week Miss Jodie Shaw she's a long time listening to the show a Kiwi Jodie could not run 5Ks in 45 minutes 15 months ago, and that is not including a few short stops along the way. She was a bit of an ex-party girl who had, definitely being a Kiwi chick, Mm. uh, who had completely changed her life around and took up tries along with some friends. Now wind the clock forward and 15kgs or so lighter, and we saw the fit girl take the start line that wrote on July the 18th. She did what she thought was impossible for the first time last year, coming in 12 hours, 47 minutes, and completely blew her goal of 14 hours out the window. Her splits were a 108 swim, a four-minute transition, a five-minute transition, pretty good transition time, really, eh? Yeah. Uh, a uh, bike of 6.21 and then a run of 5.06 to finish in 12.47.25. An awesome effort for an awesome person in her first Ironman. Well done, Jodes. Uh, here's a picky below. Oh, we've actually got a photo of her as well, yes. which I put on the website. Come on, coming down and finishing shit. So that's a bloody good awesome effort, isn't it? It's good. First time. Getting getting uh, getting out of the party zone and getting into the triathlon zone. Love it. She's a Kiwi chick too. Solid swim. 108. It's a solid swim for somebody with not a probably not a swimming background by the sounds yeah, of it. It's a solid ride. Solid ride. Yep. Yeah, good ride. Yeah, you know, running was okay, but yeah. you know, first time. Very good. But a good rate. I mean, that, that, the issue is she's gone to basically. Arguably one of the best races in the world for a first one. Yeah. Go anywhere else now. You don't want to do Ironman next weekend, do you? I'm <laughs> <laughs> high fiving with the other eight people out there. So it is bloody good effort, and it's great that, you know, uh, there's, there's a good little expat community there in, in Dubai. They love triathlon over in that part of the world. They do, but, but there's probably, when, when I looked at the results from the Abu Dhabi tri, there's not that many females doing triathlon over there. So she's probably, you know, also battling a little bit with that. 
females being out there and actually doing things. Um, so I was talking to a guy sure the other day, and he's heard of Nathalie, and uh, in Kuwait, and mm-hmm. Ramadan. Yeah, you heard of that? Yeah, you know what that is? It's like a month where yep. they're not allowed to eat. They have to fast basically between the hours of like four in the morning to six at night. Yes, and so for training, it would just be a mission. That would. Uh... <laughs> I would not be healthy for no, me. No, no. A month. I couldn't do it. Yeah, like not a few days, fair enough, but like a yeah. month. It's just be ridiculous. So, Don't um, so good on you, Jodes, because you, you know you can be a party girl for a few years of your life. Yes. You have to turn it around. You have to turn it around in a bloody good way by taking up at the great sport of Ironman. And what was Porno's quote? Um, it's, it's game time. When it's, it's game pain time, time. It's pain time, and you found that out the hard way. Nice, it's good. Love your work, John. I've got a question for you, and this could okay. be a discussion of the week. Oh, Richard's finished. Oh, we might have to put a pause on. We didn't even have any good sound effects there. Oh. Tell him to pick up his game. Okay. He'll come back on the show next week. Okay, just make some sounds. <laughs> no, next week the bath will be finished. But wait a second, is he is he taking his time? Yes, he's taking his time. Belt's, belt's been done up. Belt's been done up. Yep. Wash your hands, Richard. He can't. He's over there. So don't shake his hand. Okay, that's Richard. We're going to go out. John didn't shake his hands. I'm good on you, mate. Hi, Gene. But my random question was, we've got a couple minutes before we can start this interview. Yeah. If you did, I was out riding my bike every day mm, to saw, the gym. I saw you biking to the gym on Sunday morning, maybe, or Saturday morning, whatever one or the other. But maybe it was the afternoon. Some, I, I, I saw you biking to the gym anyway. Okay, good, because I don't... Blinda thought you were going really fast, and she said, I wonder if he's late. Me going fast and biking around town, I never go fast. Yeah. I always bike really slow. Okay. Maybe, I, maybe my slow is fast, John. Maybe it is. <laughs> maybe I haven't lost it. Yeah. No, but the question is, if you did an Ironman, if you did a... Because I was talking to someone the other day, and I was talking about a friend of theirs who mm-hmm. did an Ironman just to get the tattoo. Yeah. They did the Ironman, got the tattoo, took the box, and never do it again. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, if you did a challenge race, could you get an Ironman tattoo? Would you want to? Why did I? I don't know. It's a good question. Know, I isn't? definitely think you that could be a discussion of the week, really, couldn't it? Yeah, could be. You know, because you've still done an iron distance race, yes, but you haven't done an official iron. Yeah, I'd probably say you. Well, my, I'd probably say you can. You say you've done an iron, man. Iron. You know, you say you've done an iron. That's man, just a funny line. I isn't don't it? know if you can. You can take the the, the trademark, the, the logo. Yeah. Because you couldn't put challenge because it's not really recognised, is it? People go, what's not that? Yeah, not yet. You it's go, quite a big tattoo as well. Yeah, get across your back. <laughs> anyway, let's go do this. Okay, we're going to do an interview. We're going to do an interview coming up, so we're going to go do that right now. You'll hear us again in half a second. Here we go. Here we go. Actually, John, before we put the interview on, we're going to do a sponsor. Going to slip it in there. Slip it in. Yep. <laughs> Just going to slip it in, are you? Okay, who are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about extremeendurance.com. Hey, well, you go to xendurance.com, and then you can either slick on the German uh, <coughs> flag if you're in that neck of the woods, or you can click on the English language version, and it uh, can be shipped anywhere in Europe, anywhere in North America. Uh, if you want to, they're getting a distributor in Australia, and if you do want it shipped anywhere else where you can contact them, um, but the shipping prices are a little bit higher for if you're outside those areas. But one thing with um, Extreme Endurance, obviously we've talked about the Extreme Endurance product. Um, take that twice a day, three pills, and uh, twice a day and you're away laughing. They've also got quite a few other products, um, especially if you you know, you know take things like Omega-3s. Which I actually do. I take my Omega-3s. Right so if you take them, um, why not support one of our sponsors? Omega-3. And the reason I take it was because I read a book on um, brain research mm-hmm. and talk about... Yeah, there's my Omega-3. Yeah. You're looking at that, aren't you? Yeah. You could be like a drummer. Um, I read a book on brain research, and they're talking about the things that actually, I was all scientifically researched and saying the things that can improve brain research. And our sponsors were like this because they actually said coffee yeah. was 
a limited amount every day of coffee is actually one thing that helps brain functionality and omega free was one of the only things that they really really promoted for brain functionality and so and then it's what they've got here um, cardiovascular health and brain function and reduces inflammation. So, so I, yeah, I take about three or four. So if you take Omega Threes anyway, um, why not support one of our sponsors? Get on there and get it. They've also got uh, Extreme Vital Forty, which is a blend of forty mil- uh, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and can't say that word um, into one product. And they've got a Joint Four One um, for unique uh, unique ingredients to attack sore and tender joints naturally. So I'm assuming that's sort of more like a glucosamine yeah. sort of um, product. And they've also got a Prostate Power Six powerful prostate formula based on existing clinical research. So you get all those products along with Extreme Endurance as well as you can get some of their cheap clothing, which we mentioned, 35 bucks for a little short sleeve um, sort of race jersey. So check it out at xendurance.com. Remember to keep using the code IMTALK and um, there was a... There was a uh, doing a discount, a discount. Yep. Um, so keep using it I think it still works and uh, check it out well John you could even get the protein package you could what's the protein package complete nutrition and jersey there you go so you get three products and a jersey at a 15% discount nice no brandy John extremeendurance.com extremeendurance.com oh sorry the product is extreme endurance yep. but they couldn't use extreme endurance in Europe because they got funny it's, it's going to be another long show we did a big one last week we're doing big ones all the time man because mm. Jim, Jim talks for about 40 minutes. Yeah. There we okay, go. let's put them on right now. Jim Cotter, great interview. Here we go. Okay, on today's show, we're very happy to have a, uh, well, he's, he's well known in the endurance circles in, in New Zealand, um, Dr. Jim Cotter. He's an uh, endurance athlete, he's finished second in the Coast to Coast, which for, for the guys that are not in New Zealand, a very prestigious multi sport race over here. He's yep. also got a, a long established record in um, doing ultra endurance races, uh, and he's a senior lecturer at the School of Physical Education down in Dunedin. And, um, he actually took me for my sweet test. He probably doesn't remember me. Or well, maybe he does because obviously so fondly. But yeah, he took me for did, my sweet did, test. Didn't, when you re- didn't you record the highest levels ever? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's why he'll remember me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, he works with a lot of our high performance athletes here in New Zealand and, and helping them to, to deal with heat adaptation and, and um, similar sort of topics. So um, welcome along to the show, Jim. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Hey, um, obviously we want to, we're sort of focusing on, on how people can adapt to heat and sort of what's going on with their bodies in hot, condi- hot conditions, so can you sort of give us a bit of a, an overview on, you know, when we do go and race in, in hot conditions, obviously we get really hot and it's, it's, it's more uncomfortable than being in, in sort of a moderate climate, but what's actually going on inside our body that's making it more difficult and, and, and often means when we do race in those conditions, it's, it's either slower or we see more people exploding. Okay, so we're just starting with an easy one, right? Yeah, <laughs> easy peasy. It's probably quicker to say what's not going on, actually. Yeah. Um, there's People have had some pretty simplistic notions of fatigue and, and how heat um, accelerates fatigue. Uh, for quite a long time, but but luckily everyone's starting to I think come into similar agreement that there's a hell of a lot going on, and we don't really know which is the major factor that's driving fatigue. But the point is, you're just under more stress, and ultimately, it's any number of fatigue mechanisms in the cardiovascular system, the muscle, and the brain that might be collectively just just slowing you down and or stopping you earlier if you don't slow down. So, um, but luckily, people um, people just self-regulate. They, they don't get into trouble, but they they're clearly under more stress, and therefore um, 
the people who have the best cardiovascular systems, the people who are most fit, the people who can get all the strategies right are the ones who deal with it best and, and they get slowed up the least. But just stand back a moment, the, um, the major issue is you just produce so much heat when you exercise. You're, um, you know, a good athlete can, can be somewhere in the range of one to two kilowatts of heat production or, or one to two thousand joules per second, which is like a, a family heater. Wow. Um, whereas right now you're probably sitting there working along at the level of a light bulb you know, <laughs> at 100 watts. So in an Ironman, you're not going quite that hard. You just can't deal with that much energy transfer that quickly. But you're still up towards a kilowatt. You know, you're, you're producing a hell of a lot of heat. And um, the fact that you're in somewhere like Kona, it's just harder to get rid of it. And um, that's for two respects. One, you can't sweat, it will evaporate your sweat so well. Um, and particularly, you also can't radiate and convect the heat away off your skin. So your, your cardiovascular system, you may not end up with a higher body temperature. You know, you, you feel hotter, your skin's hotter, and that's partly what's causing that. But everything's under more stress. Your cardiovascular system's having to not only supply the muscle and all the other organs that need it, every other organ needs to be supplied or else you wouldn't have it, um, but you've got to take more blood to the skin when you're in the heat because it's harder for the skin to offload the heat. There's a lower gradient. So if your heart's trying to pump out more blood to the skin, ultimately you're starting to take it from other areas that would otherwise want it, in particular the muscle, which gets the majority in exercise. So the heart comes under a lot more stress and the thing that's driving the heart is the sympathetic nervous system and um, so that's adrenaline and noradrenaline and that's also causing you to um, go through your stored sugars more quickly so you're having to rely more on your carbohydrate for energy whereas in an Ironman that's critical you're trying to store that as long as you possibly can or go through it as slowly as you can. And um, so, uh, sorry, to come back one more step again, we could just say it's storage of body heat. You know, if we, if we put you on a bike and make you bike at 40 kilometres an hour, you'll stop earlier if you're in the heat because you'll reach a terminal core temperature more quickly. Um, but we now know that people don't just keep riding at the same intensity as they would in a cooler environment. They start slowing down a long way before their body reaches that temperature. So something in them is sensing the fact that they're not going to make the finish line if they, you know, go, um, go as hard as they otherwise would. And, and does it, I mean, in terms of um, the size of an athlete, often you hear about, you know, people saying, oh, bigger athletes can't perform as well in, in the heat. Is that a, a, a fairly good generalisation, or does that... Yeah, it is, actually. Yeah. Um, certainly when it comes to the weight-bearing exercise of running, because the heavier you are, the more heat you're producing. Yeah. Um, and you don't have such a good volume-to-surface area ratio. You know, you're not able to offload proportionally as well, yeah. relative to what you're storing. Yeah. But on a bike, that gets nullified out somewhat. So more would count against the heavy person running doing the marathon section and kind but again that's that's okay they just slow down a bit more 
And, and one thing you know, often athletes find when they go to, to Kona or to hot races is that their their heart rate is higher at say the same intensity, intensity yeah. same speed. Um, should you know? It's obviously for those reasons you're talking about the, the body's working more to, to say cool your skin down, for example. Should people be sort of adjusting their zones and saying, well, it's hot. Um, but my heart rate's a little bit higher at the same wattage or speed, that's okay? Um, or should they actually be sticking to their, say, cooler environment heart rate zones? I'd, um, it's not something I directly know. Um, Paul Larson actually has done a lot of work on, in this sort of area, but I, I was talking to him about it actually after um, you just sort of sent through that question on Saturday, and, yeah. and um, we plot heart rate against RPE and work rates mm-hmm. in the lab, you know, when you're dehydrated or when you're in hot conditions or whatever. And he's done the same and more specifically for environment uh, for Ironman. And neither of us have the impression that um, you, cert- you certainly um, have a higher perceived exertion and a higher heart rate at this, a given work intensity or speed, whether it be running or cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, but you probably feel like you're exercising harder in proportion to how much higher your heart rate is. Okay. And therefore, they're probably the key indicators as to how quickly you're fatiguing. And therefore, I would be inclined, and he would as well, to, to back off to your heart rate or your RPE to match that with the cooler environment and not try and match your speed. Mm-hmm. We know in marathon races that... Um, the the truly elite tend to try and um, even split a race a marathon in the heat more than lesser fit people lesser mortals and they pay for it more in the second half typically whereas heat will slow a less fit person down a lot more but they slow down within the first five kilometres yeah All right so even though heat has a much bigger effect on less fit people they seem to know it much earlier. So I'd, I'd play conservative and back it off earlier to try and match the heart rate with the caller. And not least of all, because power, you know, if you're trying to deliver a certain amount of power and you're wasting a certain amount of energy on the bike, you've got a, um, a non-linear effect on your speed. So you're not gaining a hell of a lot from that extra, you know, 20% effort. Mm-hmm. And, and is the 20% effort, is that what you want to reduce it by? Like... If no, it's not that much. No, it's it's not that big a deal. Um, but when you're on the run, you know, you can, if you change your intensity slightly, you can change your speed proportionally more. Mm, yeah. And given that that's coming last, I would tend to ride something like Kona fairly conservatively and try and leave more for the run. Yeah. Kona is a, it's a death zone out there on the run. If you can run a steady race in Kona and run the run, you're going to generally do pretty well. So on the nutrition side of things, are the rates of, of sorry, are the rates of absorption different in hot conditions? Yeah, um, sure. Probably, there's a lot of factors going on that that would tend to make it less. Absorption's typically not the issue for most. Uh, ultra-endurance athlete, it's the rate that you can get it out of your stomach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and the more stuff you put in your solution, you know, the, the more concentrated you have a solution, the slower you can drain it. 
So it, it's the gas, it's the actual gastric emptying or stomach drainage that's the limiting factor. But that also uh, can be limited by you know stress, the sympathetic nervous system, um, the cardiovascular system being more compromised and delivering more blood to other places rather than you know helping with digestion. Um, and all of those things are worse than the heat. So yeah, it can be uh, it, it can be hard to replenish under hot conditions when you're more stressed. And were you also, you were saying before that, um, that you know, potentially you are burning your, burning your carbohydrates up at a, at a quicker rate when you're in hot conditions, so I guess you've got that extra issue there that perhaps potentially you need more in hot conditions, more um, yep, food not. going in, but you, if your stomach can't, um, you can't, your gastric emptying can't occur, then you've got a bit of a challenge on your hands. Exactly, and um, if you... The thing that we're, one of the areas that we're particularly interested in and study is um, whether the gut gets in trouble, you know, whether um, it gets too hot and too short of blood for too long and um, starts to get a bit leaky. And when that's going on, you're getting a lot of nausea and you're less able to tolerate um, your replenishment anyway. Um, and there's a lot of inflammatory, we're pretty sure there's a lot of inflammatory processes that are getting in and uh, I mean at the worst case scenario they cause heat stroke and they, they're potentially fatal but what we're especially interested in is whether they're just uh, pace regulators, you know, whether they're causing you to feel more lethargic and uh, slowing, forcing you to slow down, which, which again is entirely appropriate. Are there things we can do to encourage absorption? Um, yeah, staying, keeping stress hormones down, um, keeping the gut better supplied, uh, keeping cooler. So if you keep cooler, you keep the stress hormones down anyway because it's body temperature that's one of the major factors driving them up. Um, so just being as fit as you possibly can. Really, really. <laughs> Just, just a nice, easy solution. There you go. Just yeah, train just more. Train more, yeah. Yeah, I mean everything. You know, keeping getting as well fit and and acclimatised as you can before you you go into that environment. Um, starting as cool as you can. Starting completely illness free. So, it's food and drink quality beforehand. Um, you know, just basic hygiene. Um, there's lots of there's lots of strategies around that could potentially help, but there's not so many that are. Um, shown to be effective for something like an Ironman, you know, we, we look at um, a whole bunch of strategies to try and help people in the heat but, and, and it, I'd stress, you know, keep as well hydrated as you can, keep as cool as you can be as fit as you can and be as well acclimatised as you can and, and be used to knowing what you can tolerate racing in a, a situation where you're nervous and highly stressed anyway mm-hmm. um, but the reality, and, and to get back to that earlier question of, um, you know, what's going on in hot conditions and how should you pace, um, and Ironman's out there by themselves, you know, we can, we can pre-call rowers and hockey players and we can find fancy ways to hydrate them and call them at half time and, and uh, you know, powerful sweating's fantastic, but not for an Ironman, an Ironman, you're there for the best part of, you know, most of the day. Um, your physiology, you're there by yourself. And the more efficient you are, you know, that your sweat system's working extremely efficiently, drawing the salt back into your body, um, 
the less energy your heart needs in beating, the less activated your sympathetic nervous system is. They're going to help you get through that marathon quicker and, and you know, with less um, discomfort. So, so it's all about preparation and um, maximizing, you know, uh, things like hydration, not heat loading too much on the day. So not being ridiculous with your pacing, you know, surging and so forth. So, you know, often for, for a lot of people, when they go to say, and we use Kona as an example, um, they're either, for, for us, we obviously come out of the New Zealand winter, which is really tough, but a lot of the people maybe even coming out of, you know, it's, it's a late season race coming out of the Northern Hemisphere where it's um, it's not winter, but it's not, um, it's not Kona sort of temperatures. So... What sort of tips can you give for people, um, both with training and, say, with nutrition, to try to prepare themselves to go into an environment where it's going to be way hotter or even just a little bit hotter than where they're at um, and so they can best adapt? Because the reality is most of them can't go there for weeks on end before the race um, to, 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 to properly acclimatise. Um, again, the main thing's race fit, race light, and... Um, race as well acclimatized as you can even though they don't they're coming from places let's say like New Zealand or other temperate places you can do a lot um, just with artificial uh, acclimatization which therefore we call acclimation and we don't yet know whether saunering for example is is as effective but there's no reason to suggest it shouldn't be mm-hmm. um, and but exercise in the heat is certainly um, certainly quite effective. So uh, sweat clothing, sweat clothing hasn't got a lot of evidence behind it, but it's it's presumably better than nothing, particularly when you're trying to adapt to sweat glands. What do you mean by sweat clothing? Uh, wearing clothing that doesn't evaporate so well, yep. you know, sort of layers and particularly less permeable layers, jackets or things. Um, you, you, got to be in a non-competitive situation like that because you, you're obviously putting yourself up against it, exercising in situations like that. So you don't want to be racing someone at the time or trying to outdo each other. But if you put yourself under deliberate heat stress, so so inside with minimal fan, um, racing in, or you know riding in sweat clothing, running in sweat clothing, saunering, not all together, <laughs> just one. <laughs> um, those things will all help, and, and for something like an Ironman, when I say you, you really are on your own, you've got to be as efficient physiologically as you can, and you want at least a month. Whereas for anyone else, we'd say, you know, for a row, we'd say, no, a week's fine. Um, but not for an Ironman. It's, it's a month to get over the powerful thermoregulation and become efficient with your thermoregulation. When it comes to cramping, you know, it's obviously a pretty big issue. Sorry. Can we back to your point anymore? Sorry. Oh, no, you keep you going. Yep. Um, just we've been toying around with, um, you know, dehydrating and exercise and so forth and whether that's good or bad. Yep. But there's some really recent data coming out. Um, we, we don't know what whether you should dehydrate or eat well and drink well in exercise all the time in training. But I um, would certainly say as soon as you finish, tuck into something that's quality, you know, some protein, carbohydrates, sugars, I mean sugars and um, electrolytes and water. So chocolate milk, um, with some, maybe with something a bit salty. Yeah. So as soon as you finish training bouts, tuck into something decent in the way of hydrate and uh, just replenishing 
electrolytes, carbohydrates, proteins, and water. And chocolate milk, you know, that's that's a good example. Craig Alexander likes his chocolate milk. And it's tasty, yeah. so we're loving it. So when it comes to cramping, you know, and, and Iron Man, it's often a pretty big issue. How often do you think this is because of heat, you know, and nutritional factors related to muscle fatigue, you know, versus muscle fatigue? Um, it's hard to know. It's it's probably not as common as people think in the sense that most of their cramp probably is a muscle fatigue. You know, it's not. It's a big call you're putting on muscles to to churn through an Ironman at race intensity. So, so that that would clearly be your top candidate for for underlying cramps, particularly given that you're finishing with a more damaging issue of, of trying to run a full marathon. It's just much more demanding on muscle. Um, but for something like an Ironman, you've got a lot of chance to get your electrolyte balances all out of whack. And um, it, it's quite possible that getting on in those races, there's some of that creeping in as well. So hard to, hard to say. I'd say most people put too much emphasis on salt or lack of salt being the factor that causes cramp. Um, it's clearly an Ironman can drive it with muscle fatigue but I'd say hmm, if you're very familiar with doing Ironman races for example um, your muscles are accustomed to getting hammered like that um, and you're going and doing Kona and you're churning through more fluid than you otherwise would yeah it could be could be electrolyte imbalance so in terms of like sodium intake, roughly how much should people, what, what's the sort of recommended range they should be taking and is it just sodium people should be focusing on in terms of um, say mitigating the potential risk of it being um, nutrition related rather than muscular fatigue? Yeah, I, this is an area that I'm not completely au okay with in the sense of whether the, um, the magnesium type um, uh, you know, some of your other trace elements are becoming key here. But sodium would, would I still think, the bigger, be the biggest. Um, and as much as anything, because that's the one that's going to get you in a more life-threatening situation. Yeah. Um, if you, in an Ironman, you're clearly putting through enough fluids, you know, 10 or 15 litres of fluids, um, to get yourself really in trouble with sodium balance in the body. Yeah. And... In my mind, what you should be putting in really should have sodium in it. Because in a short race, by all means, throw in plenty of plain water, but I don't think there's much place for that in an Ironman. You, you, um, you're sweating out sodium all the time. The more It depends on your genetics and, and in particular how well acclimatized you are. But you're struggling to get a sodium drink that's got the same sodium concentration as you sweat. So over time, you're in a no-win situation. You're going to become hyponatremic or, or effectively water intoxicated, another word for it. Is that, that, however, is taking in a bit of water going to help um, uh, with the, the gastric emptying a little bit by just sort of... Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's true. That's, <laughs> that's where you're trying to balance up all these factors. Um, I mean, it, to me, a full-strength sports drink, and, and if it's not something like Replace Elite, um, you know, if it's only um, 20 millimole per litre sodium, I'd be chucking in a little bit more salt on top of your standard sports drink, yeah. unless it's a specialised sports drink. Um, 
So yeah, I'd I'd, I'd be taking as much. You know, that's that's not going to slow you down in your gastric emptying too much. Taking a, a full strength sports drink, even if you do crank a little bit more salt into it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I'd be doing that much more than uh, than going back for your water or something like that. So there's about a thousand milligrams per hour um, ballpark. What people can aim up to, or is there any risk in taking more sodium than that? Um, gram per hour. I've, or every time I do this, I have just sit down with a bit of paper and figure it out. Um, <laughs> that's yeah, a gram of salt, a gram of salt per hour. That's uh, what's a teaspoon? Three or five grams. Yeah. Yeah, a quarter of a teaspoon. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. There we go. Um, and probably an upper limit into a good sports drink. If you got a specialised sports drink, I probably wouldn't add any of that. Yeah, and I know um, it's the people who are taking Coca-Cola without any sodium coming back in with it, and, and just lots of plain water and stuff that you really worry about that situation, especially on the run. I think. Yeah, and that's what most people probably do, don't they? They just go to Coke. Yeah, and on the run, well, I know in Kona they now have the the Gatorade yeah, endurance one, which is which is quite salty. Yeah. So. Okay, because standard Gatorade won't replace your sodium and sweat. Yeah, you go. So tip, tip of the day. <laughs> get the endurance version um, one, one question you often hear people asking is um, and this is not maybe just, just for hot races, it's for, for any races, um, how can people actually figure out how much fluid they should be taking, taking in um, in a race situation whether it be in a moderate climate, say I'm in New Zealand or I'm in UK or whatever um, and then Obviously, they've got to scale that up again for, for hot races, but are there any simple sort of tests people can do um, without going to lab so they can actually say, right, I need to be taking in approximately you know, 600 mils per hour, 500 mils per hour, one litre per hour. Is there anything they can do on that regards? Um, if, if you go to finish and, and enjoy it and not necessarily be you know, the, the very top, um, I'd... I'd almost say be guided by thirst because you're just turning through so much fluid, um, a big, you know, such a big proportion of your body fluid, and in such variable conditions of wind and temperature and humidity and stuff, that it's really hard to provide advice on how much people should be eating and drinking. So in that sense, you'd sort of say, oh, okay, be guided by thirst. Well, that can have two problems. One is other people who really want to nail it. Um, Maybe, maybe that's not enough, and that hasn't been shown actually. So we're not, you know, there's not evidence for that at all actually. That they can't just be guided by thirst, even though we know that they're not going to come up to weight neutral if they're guided by thirst. Mm. And the other issue is um, you can overdrink if you're guided by thirst, mm -hmm. just probably because of a dry mouth and you know a lot of airflow through it and so forth. And, and maybe feeling thirstier than is driven by a need for fluid. So in that sense, it's hard, but you'd probably body weight, you know. If, um, you can afford to finish at least probably 2% lighter than when you start. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if, if, if you've got comparable situations in training and, and other races that don't mean so much and you've got the luxury, you know, just, just try and find the same set of scales in the same situation, um, same clothing, <clears throat> um, and weigh yourself before and after. And if you, you probably want to be losing down around 2% of your body weight, mm -hmm. but not much more. 
Um, and you don't want to finish weight neutral, like a lot of people say, of shorter events. And the reason for that's pretty simple. When you when you start a race, you you load it up with as much sugar as your body will hold. Well, that's holding about three times as much weight again in water that's bound to that sugar. So you can go through two percent of your body weight, which would you know one and a half kilograms for your average size person without actually probably functionally losing any water. Mm. Do, you, do you understand that? You know, when you burn away the sugar and you release the water that was held with the sugar, there's 2% body weight straight up. Yeah. And you haven't even come into any functional dehydration. So um, I think it's ridiculous to try and finish a race weight neutral, something like an Ironman. You just, you're just overhydrating. Yeah. So, um, so, you go ahead, yeah. sorry. You go ahead. Um, so yeah, that, that would be the main thing. Um, and the, and the other thing would be, I mean, if you, if you're paying a dark urine, then you're clearly hypohydrated or dehydrated. Yeah. Um, so once you're down there, it's, uh, you've let it go too far. Yep. Know that feeling in Kona on the Queen K. <laughs> yeah, sure. Orange, orange stuff coming out. Yeah. And yeah. This wasn't looking good. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, obviously, you've probably experienced a lot of um, common errors in, in triathlon and Ironman <coughs> racing. Are there, are there any ones that consistently come up that, that you think, my goodness, um, people should, should know better than this um, when they're out there racing? Um, yeah, again, it's a pretty long list, I would guess. Yeah. But, um, uh, pacing too fast too early. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you've only... Once you drive yourself into that high stress state, you're you're out there for a long day. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> drinking, I think over drinking. You know, just trying to maintain that weight neutrality when I just don't think in a situation like the Ironman, the evidence is there at all for that situation. Um, yeah, I I see people wearing all sorts of fancy hats and stuff like that. And in, in my mind, the more skin you expose, the better. Yeah. Um, again, that's not a very well-researched area, actually, but you, if you're impeding your sweat, your evaporative heat loss at all, then you're just asking to be out there for a long day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the hydration, and, and again, not tucking into replenishment early enough before you get too stressed, yeah. you know, before you've had the high body temperatures and the high stress hormone state. Um, so, so tucking in to as soon as you can. Now, clearly, you can't do much in the swim, but as soon as you're out on the bike, cripes, you should be getting a stomach full so it can drain quickly. Because the stomach will drain more quickly if it is more full. So, if you can stack a full bottle in fairly early, uh, you, you know you're on the road to replenishment straight away. Mm. Well, one thing you mentioned earlier about um, the skin being under more stress um, when you're when you're in hot environments, um, using use of sunscreen, um, and and especially maybe for people who have paler skin, how useful is that? And also, what about um, for say Kiwis going over to Kona? The use of sunbeds is that going to affect things at all? Does sunscreen say, um, does that limit your, your sweat rate at all? Um, what's the sort of deal with sunscreen and also sunbeds? Oh, it's a, it's a hard call for something like um, an Ironman. You know, I'd say, I'd normally say to people, condition your skin up as well as you can and skip the sunscreen on the day. 
Okay. Um, you're not going to burn, but but putting should put a safety message in there as well. You don't want burned, obviously. And the other thing is, burnt skin doesn't thermoregulate well. Yeah. Um, you impede your sweating and your skin blood flow responses. So clearly, you don't want to burn. So if you can, yeah, if you can, if you can prepare for for the day by tanning up, then um, yeah, I'd. I'd be inclined to do that and go light with the sunscreen. The, the data aren't really there to support um, sunscreen being that much of a thermal barrier. Yeah. Uh, we don't often find it. And the other thing is that the Iron Men, um, they're not going that hard that they're going to be the one who are most uh, compromised by sunscreens. Okay. So. So if your skin is really roasting, because you do see it a lot, and especially maybe even New Zealand more so than Kona, you know, people yeah, come so back as like bloody big red apples. Yeah. Um, In New Zealand, I'd be stacking on the sunscreen, but yeah, if you can, if you haven't got such an intense solar load, I'd I'd be backing off with it a bit. What, what about athletes who are going from hot conditions? In, into the cooler races, what are some of the things? I suppose this is a bloody another whole interview, but what are some of the things they need to be aware of? Um, they're going to be out for a good day. <laughs> um, it's it's a funny one. The cardiovascular system, for most people, if you're going to say there's one thing that limits their performance, that would be it, because that you know that determines gut function and brain function and um, and ability to keep muscles supplied and so forth. Um, and training in the heat seems to be, you know, an effective way to get more blood. But you know, Will Hopkins has done a study on it, and it was it was inconclusive. And there's been a study in untrained people, and it showed a benefit. But we don't know for Ironman athletes. It should be good, but we we just don't know. Yep. You know, I, yeah, it's. I, I don't think there's anything that I can think of off the top of my head that that they would find adverse coming into a cooler condition, apart from getting the thermal regulation in the water. Okay. Um, and knowing they've got enough clothing on the bike. Yeah. But um, they're not necessarily going to be worse off in a cooler situation, whereas quite clearly people who don't prepare for heat are going to be worse off in that situation. Yeah. So it's all, it's all pluses, I think, for people coming back so to, a to the heat. Yeah, you guys are. Yeah, <laughs> so we have actually got a, question, got a question here from a guy who lives over in Qatar um, and he's training over there and he's training up for um, a race in Australia and one of his, his question was he's sort of been warned about muscle breakdown in the really hot conditions um, and where do we go? He knew I'd be well hydrated, but his concern was core body temperature increase as core body temperature increases, um, it would cause his body body to turn on the muscles more and do some serious damage. So, is that sort of what you were saying before? When you are training in in hotter environments, you are going to be obviously you said um, you know, burning through your glycogen a bit quicker. Is it's having a bigger effect on on muscle breakdown and recovery? So, do they need to factor that in when they're, they're training in really hot conditions? Um, yeah, it's, uh, the muscle breakdown, or you might have heard the term rhabdomyolysis, um, it's, it's a real issue, and just that, that, um, Call has actually raised a really good point that we didn't cover before, you asked about training for, you know, what can we do for training in hot conditions, um, I think something we paid 
we haven't put anywhere near enough attention on is cellular conditioning and, and in particular for muscle cells against stress and, and we don't have anywhere near enough data from humans but um, I think they need to be hammered fairly close to the race but not the day before um, have you ever heard of heat shock proteins? No, I haven't, but they're uh, enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're, um, they're all in all cells, even bacteria, actually. But um, they, they help cells look after themselves under stress, and you don't get more stress than in an Ironman, really. Um, and they, you so, get so what you're saying there is Ironman is significantly hot, yeah. harder than coast to coast. Is that what you're saying? Sorry. So what you're saying there is Ironman is significantly harder than coast to coast. Uh, you'd have to ask someone who's been silly. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Carry on. Um, yeah, well, I wouldn't want to stack up for uh, 26 miles on the lava fields. That's for sure. <laughs> we'll have to ask Richard. Uh, yeah, exactly. The so I, you, you get these proteins come on and off quite quickly and you get them according to basically how intensely you're training or you know the volume of uh, load put on a cell. So I would, um, I'd be going out doing some non-competitive, pretty solid bouts leading, leading right into a race and it, as you get closer you might shift those more onto the bike so that your, your muscles are able to re- recover more effectively. Um, but that's, that's an area, as I say, I just don't think we've put an anywhere near enough focus on to try and protect you know, both your gut cells and in particular your muscle cells from those, those really prolonged high loads of the, the Kona race. Um, in terms of the guy from Qatar, um, I don't know. I mean, that, that to me would be the biggest issue. To be honest, sorry, I've forgotten the full extent of that question. It's more sort of um, because he's training in a really hot condition, you know, maybe his muscles are breaking down more. So I guess maybe what he's coming at is, you know, say you train really hard in, in, a, in a moderate climate and you'd maybe have two or three key sessions a week where you probably would push the pace a bit. Um, I, I'm guessing here, does if you're training in a hot condition, do your muscles break down more? Um, and so do you need to maybe spread your key sessions out further um, and maybe do more aerobic training rather than, you know, a bit more anaerobic Yeah, they've I mean, certainly got the potential to. Um, whether they do or not, I'm not sure. But, sure, it, it makes sense spread your key sessions out a bit more, hammer them a bit less frequently. But um, I still think I'd be wanting to come from that situation rather than this situation in Dunedin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and that should self-regulate. You know, um, the rhodomyolysis is something that, that, in a small extent, that you're getting in every run effectively. It's useful in driving adaptation. So I, I would have thought people would just self-regulate their training to, to keep that at an appropriate level anyway. <coughs> Cool. There we go. They had a record temperature the other day there of 50.4 degrees Celsius. That's pretty hot. Sure as hell wouldn't be going out and training in that. Be a yeah. nice uh, training. Yeah. Anyway, um, Jim, we um, know you've got a... Sorry, you've got, you've got something else there? No, that's all right. The, um, I was just thinking, if people are interested in this this area, two two guys I reckon do a lot of great work in it. Paul Larson, L-A-U-R-S-E-N, yeah. and Tim Noakes. 
um, some of their work around you know the hydration and the heat stress strategies is fantastic. Okay. We um, we look at pre-cooling as I say, but I think for an Iron Man, you, you're out there for so long, I wouldn't bother with something like pre-cooling. Um, we find that the hydration, we in particular look at whether dehydration can be useful in acclimatization. Um, we still don't know yet, but we certainly know it's not harmful if people just allow themselves to, you know, dehydrate a bit to a point that they're very comfortable with. I'm not saying people should go out and be deliberately thirsty. Yep. Don't be ramming water down your throat every other minute. Um, we know that people who fitter are less sensitive to dehydration effects. So I think we have to put the hydration advice in that context a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, we've been looking at colostrum to try and protect the gut and keep infl inflammation and exercise down a lot. I'm just curious as to whether you know whether Ironmen use colostrum before racing. Well, they're certainly marketing it pretty heavily in, in Europe and a lot of the top athletes. I know Cam does. It. Yeah, yep. um, and I know Chris McCormick does. So they're certainly using it, whether they're just um, endorsing it because of the money, I'm not quite sure, but it's certainly um, an area that's picking up a lot in Europe. So, yeah, we'll have to ask those guys. Yeah. But definitely keen to get uh, Tim Noakes on the show. Obviously, he's had the, the lore of running out there for a long time as well. Oh, Fantastic bloke, yeah, very scientist. Yeah. Anyway, we know you've got to get off and start lecturing some people shortly. So um, yeah, thanks for your time, mate. It's yeah, great. Any other things you want to get across there? Um, I mean, if, if people are interested in you know Kiwis in particular, are you guys still doing testing down there in Dunedin, um, or any yeah, other sort of endorsements you wanted to give people or recommendations? Um. No, just just look at those guys. I'd, I'd say I think they do some pretty fantastic work. Um, be really, really careful about a lot of the um, stuff that's more targeted at shorter distance races. You know, some of these ergogenic aids that I don't think have much relevance, like pre-cooling. Yeah. There's a there's a really interesting one that's just come out, um, and again, it's Paul Larson. Um, the slushy concept. Um, if if I don't know how an Ironman quite manages it, whether they've got a support crew who can get them. Uh, a slushy, but it's basically crushed ice. Yeah. If somehow you could deal with the ice cream headache and, and occasionally take a slushy, I think I'd be, if it was me heading out there and wanting to have a good day, I think I'd be trying to crank a bit of that down. Yeah, well, you could definitely potentially uh, do something with your special needs bag. You'd pick up your special needs bag halfway on the bike, halfway on the run, and if you had, okay. if you were happy enough to have some sort of little chili bag in there, there's no reason why you couldn't do that. So there'd be two opportunities to do it. Yeah. yeah, so in terms of um, prospects for helping uh, Ironman get through races, some emerging technologies, that's one I think I'd keep an eye on. Very good, cool. Excellent, well thank you very much yeah, for your time. Yeah, so much. And um, thanks. good luck with the, the lecturing for the day, and uh, yeah, if people want to find out a little bit more about Jim, you just do a... I'll put a link good, on our website. And he's, he's worked down there at the School of Physical Education in Dunedin, so thank you very much for your time, Jim. No worries at all. Yeah. Awesome, we'll stop recording there. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for that. That's okay. Cool. Sorry, I rambled a bit through. Yeah, that guy knows his stuff, eh? He does. He knows his stuff. If you look at his bio on his page, he's a brainiac, man. Yeah. He's got like a billion degrees, but he's also got a distinct distinction in all of them. Yeah. And uh, just, he's obviously a very successful man, like top but, athlete. That's the thing, I like getting on guys who've got the science um, knowledge, but they've also been athletes themselves, so yeah. they sort of relate to what we go through. So, yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. Okay, sponsors. Who we got? We've got Athlinks.com. 
No. You actually sent me an email through before. Yep. Do I need um, to bring that up? No, not really. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> well, it's got a picture on it that we need to... We okay, I'll bring it up. <laughs> Just so I feel like I'm special. Because... Um, if you go to Athlinks, they uh, this week they're going to have up their t-shirts for sale. Oh, great! And they're pretty cool looking t-shirts. Um, so we have a picture on our website. They'll be up for sale this week. You need to bring that link there up though as well. Okay. So that's one way you can again you can support Athlinks who support the show. And um, yeah, they're nice looking t-shirts. I'm pulling it up right now, John. Let's have a look. Oh, nice. Athlinks.com. Nice. Andrew's looking. He's looking how, that's Andrew. I thought it was Andrew. He's, he's, yeah, he's looking like don't miss of Andrew. You're looking right so hot. He's a big gangster. Yeah. Look at that. You yeah, I wouldn't mess with them. Athlinks compete and connect. And what's nice about t-shirts is they're actually good fitting t-shirts. They look like good fitting t-shirts. Yeah, especially if you've got your cool black glasses on, you're trying to intimidate someone, Andrew. <laughs> so that's one way you can be supporting Athlinks and obviously supporting our show. You can also go on to Athlinks. Like um, and if you go top right corner, they've got their frequently asked questions. Scroll down. The fag. The fag. And down the bottom of that page, they've got volunteer and oh. Athlinks support questions. Okay. So there you can basically download um, some logos of Athlinks. So if you've got your own website, you've got your blog, you've got your club website, and you want to promote people from your club to maybe join up so you can get that sort of club spirit going and, and, and be able to compare club oh, results, you can grab one of the nice-looking Athlinks logos off there and um, you can chuck it up on your website or you can get some window decals to put on your car, etc. And look, check out Athlinks later this week and they will have the T-shirts up there and uh, they're looking good. And you too can intimidate like Andrew. Mm. Check it out, athlinks.com. So is that his wife, you think? I'm not sure. Did he get married this year, was it? I can't remember. Was it Troy who got married? Troy's been married. He's got kids. He's been married for ages. Uh, I'm thinking it's a wife. I'm not so, well I'm saying it is yes John it is they both got cool shades yes no Andrew yeah okay there you go we're gonna we'll put their photo on our website as well yep okay lots of photos this week okay um questions and answers let's fly through these we're gonna go through this but this first one was fascinating for me so last week we had the results from the Embra man and um I was wondering what this prize money was like so the Ember Man, which race was that? It's a really tough one. Okay, up the mountain, yep, yep. And like, I think only two guys broke 10 hours, something like that, or yep. two, only two guys went under six hours for the bike, something like that anyway. And Ulrich Flume from uh, New York City, he, he sent through the breakdown of prize money, and I was... I knew, I, I knew it was going to be pretty good prize money, because a lot of the French racers do, but the prize money there is not split evenly between males and females. What do you think about that, Bevan? That's a real controversial question. That's why I put it to you. You yeah. always give me the hard ones. And I'm like, what do I think about no, that? I do I think equal there. prize money? Yes, I think equal prize. I think it should be equal. You just said that because you didn't no, want to be fair. No, because you know what? So what? So what if, if, if there's here we go? So there, you obviously think different. No, <laughs> if there's thirty women, thirty men turning up, six women should, should uh, be equal. So that's a good. That's a good point, John. We'll but but I think. I think. Yeah. It's a, okay. We'll do this discussion of the week next time. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but it's not equal. But first place, 20,000 euros, and it drops down to 900 uh, or about 1,000 euros for, for about 10th-ish. And women is 12,000 euros. Um, down to about 700. Down to about 700. And so the total, and they've also got prize money for, for veterans, yeah. and they've also got prize money for clubs, so 3,000 euros wow, for first really club. that's really great. All 210,000 euro in prize money. Oh, jeez. Oh, was, no, Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. Entry entry fee of 210 euro. I, I totaled up roughly the prize money for the pros being about 90,000 euros, which is 115,000 wow. US. The only Ironman that has how more... They, how do they, they get that money? Oh, you get a lot of it through um, the local bodies. Um, okay. they, they, they've got to dedicate certain amounts. Plus, it's a well-established race. Yeah, but it doesn't get a huge field. So that's 115,000. And... The, 
only other race that has more prize money than that in IWTC races is Kona um, for Germany for example that's 100,000 granted they may pay athletes but I was just flabbergasted why the hell more uh, pro athletes yeah, doing, doing it? this race it's not only is 20,000 euros a hell of a lot more for first place than any other race but I will say if you go to the website it's not as promoted it's, it's, it's yeah it's it's not as well promoted. You, you bang on there. You know, I mean, if you went to the website and it's been twenty k for the winner, mm. I probably go, well, you know, what's worth giving a stab? Yeah. So, geez, man, if you're an aspiring pro and if you're okay at climbing, um, and if you're going to be in Europe for a race anyway, well, let's uh, say you, even okay pro is probably still going to pull off a fifth or sixth. Yeah. You know, like you get, you get fourth place, you're getting seven k. Yeah, it's not a donut field. It's not. A, it's not a gimme. But it, no. But if you're a half decent, if you're a reasonable level pro. You're going to earn a lot more money there if you're competitive on the hills, and it's 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 really surprising they don't get better fields. But yeah, again, maybe they need to promote that more to the pros because, as you're saying, like, it's great money. He's even got this is aside the Kona, the best effing iron distance race in the world, and I've done too many. Yeah, so, so there you yeah. go. Should we leave these till next week because we are going very long? Yes, we'll leave that till next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll leave this till next week because I've got to do the nicknames. So okay, well, do you want to do sponsor, sponsor first and then nicknames? Coffees of Hawaii. Coffees of Hawaii. I've been doing some thinking, Bevan. Oh, I wonder what that noise was. <laughs> and it wasn't the toilet flushing again. <laughs> I was thinking, if, if you basically, especially if you're self-employed or if you've got a small business and whoever's in charge of coffee, if that person happens to be you, why not get some coffees of Hawaii coffee? You're probably going to be oh, getting. Oh, good thinking, John. You're probably going to be getting coffee. Anyway. If you're the admin check at your work, get it. Get a recurring delivery, then you don't have to do any admin. Um, you just basically need to go, right, we need roughly two bags a month. Click on the recurring delivery. You'll get your, your discount. People will appreciate you at work code. too, especially because, like, let's be honest, the boss pays for it, so they don't even mind. Exactly. And then what will happen is people you work will think you're a legend. Wow, where'd you get their coffee from? Oh, you know, I, just, I just care about you guys. And you can get different flavours And you'll the get time. the credit even though the boss is paying for it. That's right. Unless you're the boss and you get the credit because you care about your employees. Right. So get on to, <coughs> go on to imtalk.me, click on the Coffees of Hawaii logo, take you through the page. It'll tell you the discount codes. It'll tell you how to set up recurring delivery. And if you spend over X amount, um, you get free. Free delivery. So, do you know what, John? What you should do some more thinking because that was gold. That was gold. Yep, I do a lot of thinking. You do? Mm. What, what do you I normally need to train. Think, What do you think about the most? Well, I need to. I, I do my thinking when I'm training. So, at the moment, uh, I'm not training as much as I'd like. So, you say if you're more training, more you have more great ideas. Albert, Albert you know, yeah, sponsor me, mate. <laughs> and, uh, and I, can train, I can train more and do more thinking, and I'll, I'll be your business ideas man. <laughs> It's a beautiful thing. So check it out. Uh, go through the I Am Talk page and go or go to coffeesofhawaii.com and okay. get your workmates on it as well. So sponsors are? Athling Stock. Get your t-shirt. Coffees of Hawaii. Get your coffee for your workmates. Extreme Insurance Stock. Get your, your brain fuel. Yep, brain fuel and triathlon tunes. It's an easy process, John. It is. See what process. I did there? I wrap up the way with it. Oh. Nickname. I, I need to pay rise. Okay, here we go. So these people have donated the show. We love you people that donate We love you, and we'll put your name on our website. On When you go to IamTalk.me, we've got a little section there that says I Am Talk Nicknames. And what we need to, what we need to do on our podcast, on our, the website, is make it a bit more obvious how people can voluntary, voluntary uh, oh, support the show. Oh, it's You know, I had to delete it off there when you were away because um, we are having the issues with PayPal. So we need to get it back up there. Oh, just tell me what to just give me. Tell me, give me the link. Just, just I've dropped it. Okay. Okay. Um, I forgot about that. Anyway, um, first one up. Oh, wait a second. So, at the moment you go click on about. Do you know what we need to do, John? What? You need to give me some more of the old notes. I know. You need to sharpen up, John. I know. Just for the record, team, we've got the new website up, and we're going to adding the, all the old notes. John's job is to condense them for me. My job is to put them on the website. I'm finished with my job. I'm waiting for somebody. Yeah. 
Yeah, sharpen up. I'll, 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 this week I might be able to get onto it. Um, but basically, for now, if you do want to donate, you click on the about button, okay. and that's drops. There's a little drop down menu, and then goes. Well, honestly, I'll, I'll, by the time this is up, I'll have it done. Okay. If you send me the link, support the show. Okay. Um, these people support the show. Dan, the man, McCormick. Nice. I like that. Why do you have the man? Well, it just rhymes with Dan, Dan the man. Dan. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Uh, now I've got to get this uh, right because she sent through the pronunciation. Rachel, the downsized destroyer. Ragona. Oh, why downsized? Well, because she sent through an email, and, and I think her normal nickname is like Nim, Nimblet or something, because okay. she's, she's quite small, so I thought she's a downsized, uh, and she had, she had a really fast race summary, so I thought the downsized I'll, I'll do my one. Yep. Okay. Alan, don't worry, be happy, McLean. Nice. Now, now, admittedly, I think I've got the last name wrong, but the guy who's saying don't worry, be happy... May have been McLean or may have been right. something. There was definitely a Mick in there. Right. And when I saw his name, I just thought, don't worry. Be happy. Yeah, very good. So, go. so don't worry, be happy, Alan McLean. All right, here we go. Nick, knock me out, Hutton. What happened? He is a anesthetist. Oh, is he? So I thought, knock me out. And he was, so you don't want to mess with Nick. He gets a bit angry. He gets he's, he's, <laughs> he get a little thing under his skin. He's like, boom, he's, he's off. So he's in your face. You can look at that either as the anesthetist angle or like, yeah. boom, knock him <laughs> out yeah. for getting on my nerves. There you go. I get Belinda Fong. Belinda Tuck Jump Fong. Nice. Tuck Jump. I might even call her Tucky. Tucky. Because what happened was, she teaches body attack, she's a lovely girl, teaches body attack, and she goes around the world, and she rocks, and she did a tuck jump challenge. How many tuck jumps can you do on a row? Really? Yeah, she got like 116 or something. I know, man. It was impressive. She put a chip on a a YouTube clip on uh, Facebook, and it was pretty impressive, just jumping up and down. It was like a kangaroo. Wow. That would be tough. Especially if Especially if you do them right. Yeah. There's lots of things you can press up. I'm going to call it Tucky, actually. Tucky. Tucky Fog. Tucky Fong. Right, there Tucky we go. Fong, there we go. If you want to donate the show, you get a special nickname. I'm going to talk.me and I'll put a link to it on the website. And John will give us some show notes eventually this year sometime. <laughs> okay, uh, John, what, what's the goss? What's the goss? Um, the final race in the JD Duathlon series is this weekend. If you want to get on it, double Duathlon, run, bike, run, bike, run. JDEvents.co.nz. Mate, it's hardcore. It's going to be brilliant. Brilliant. Okay, uh, and what else? Outside of that, I ran a miserable 10k at the weekend. Oh, how'd you go? I had an A, B, and C goal. Didn't meet my C goal. Oh, really? So what was the C goal? C goal was to break 34 minutes. And you didn't do that? Didn't do that. What'd you do? It's a slow, bloody course. And I say this about all these... I hear the excuses. I say this about all the courses I do. (laughs) Everybody's time seemed really slow. I'm like, what's going on? Maybe maybe everyone's not as good as they think they are. I don't know. Maybe they're not. But you're, you're... Bloody, your coach, who's your, your guy, Tingay or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's pretty fast. I think he only just cracked 31 minutes, oh, okay. maybe. And he's faster than that. Yeah, he's faster than um, that. I, so think just, he's, I think he's gone sub-30, or yeah. close to sub-30. So it's, I think you're right. Um, it's a, like a 1K, 1.6K circuit, and so you kind of do laps, and it's... it's so what did you do? I did 34.20, and I did feel crap. Yeah. So I think if I'd felt good, even if I'd felt good, I think probably would have done no, if I felt good, I think I probably would have only just gone under 34, but I did feel pretty rubbish. Uh. Um, still just blows me away. First K, I'm, my, my strategy was, right, I'm going out at 324s, and 324s yep. was going to, uh, 320s gives you 30, 33, 40 or 330. Okay, so that was the A goal, was it? That, that, that was the A goal, but 324s was going to basically give me 34 minutes. So I thought okay. I'm going to stick with that. For and then the first if I'm feeling good at the K, end, I can pop it and. I'll bring it up. That'll get me under. So, first K, I'm just getting obliterated. And I'm thinking, I think I'm on the right track here. Yeah. First split, 321. There's just. 
everybody's in front of me. I'm really? just like, you guys are idiots. No way, did just, you pass what's on them? I just slowly start, just passing one after Do you know why, John? Because you're an experienced athlete. So pace yourself. If they've got, if they've got K splits, use your watch, think about what time you want to do, and go out at the best case scenario, average pace you think you can do. Okay, and what else? And then uh, what else other than that? Swimming lessons today with the kids. Oh. Tuesdays are swimming lesson days with the kids. Wow. And running last week was significantly improved. I had uh, some consistent running last week. Well, that's good to hear. Off for six hill reps after this. Six hill reps? Yep, Upper Packy Road. Three, uh, minute, three minute hill rep. I've hurt my ankle. Oh dear, I saw you running on Saturday. It was pretty slow. Was it? Did you see me running? Where did you see yeah, me running? Just down the road. Oh, I was probably just warming up at this yeah. stage. Um, yeah, I've hurt my foot. I've done something to my foot. I've got to go to physio today. Bit worried because it's one of those injuries where you go, oh, that's it. Not yeah. just a bit of a niggle. So, anyway, I'll sort that out. Um, well, John, I, John, how old are you? I've turned 33. How old are you? I'm 34. Oh, he's so much older. My Joe's Grandpa. Too. Grandpa. Mm. So, and I was, at, I was out for dinner the other day, as you do, and yes. someone, I've got a wallet that's Velcro. Yeah. And someone said, how old are you, Bevan? Yeah, exactly. I was about to think, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> You're not said, a surfy. You know something? You always get those surfies. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, 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 and she goes, how old are you? And I go, well, I'm 33 now. And she goes, well, what's with the Velcro wallet? Yeah, I'd back that up. What's wrong with Velcro wallets? I go leather, man. But no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. So what age can you stop being young? I mean, I think when you hit, when when you leave university, get rid of the Velcro. Oh, really? I was in America. I was in America last year, John, mm. and I, I went into a store. And was it last year? Or was last time I was in America, I went to a store and I pulled out my wallet to pay for something. And the guy behind the counter goes, "Velcro." Nice. And I was like, "Thanks, mate. Thanks." Keep believing that. I've got a little rant of the week. Oh, here we go. Don't use Internet Explorer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, John, Microsoft. Use Safari. Safari Chrome. or Chrome or, or Firefox. Firefox. I, far out, I was getting frustrated. You said, I've got this, my new website, <laughs> triathlonfestival.co.nz. Oh, John, apparently you've got a really great flash works for it. Beautiful flash banner to put up there. Because of stupid Internet Explorer, I can't get it up there. Um, so if, you, if you're browsing the net and you don't know what we're talking about, Download Firefox or something like that and use that and don't use Internet Explorer. <laughs> All web designers say the same thing. Stay away from Microsoft? Yes. <laughs> Maybe you should buy a cake. I tell you, I was just about to throw But you should do Flash anyway. Why not? Because, uh, John. I know, but people in New Zealand don't have iPhones yet. <laughs> John, everyone has iPhones. Look well, at this. Not, the new one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take that risk. Oh, look at that flash. Ooh. Oh, nice. Anyway, don't use that. Um, and it's going to be a long show, so we'd better wrap it up. We really you got anything else happening this week? Um, oh, Joe's birthday. I don't know what to get her. And I don't want to do the same crap we do every year. Try it. Get a triathlon tune. <laughs> okay. It doesn't have to be triathlon tunes. It can be a tune of any, any description. No, it's okay. It's going to be anything else. Um, get some coffee and some, <laughs> extreme some prostate some prostate powder from uh, Extreme Endurance. Okay. I'm going to get it all with those. She's going to love it. Get okay. a new Avanti. Get a new Avanti. <laughs> anything else you want to plug? A pair of Mizunos and, maybe and enter, a blue set. Maybe, maybe I'll enter into a triathlon. Enter into a triathlon and get it a full What's sponsor. the website? I should put up a sponsor's package up there. You can buy a blue 70 wetsuit, an Avanti oh, bike, yeah. and a pair of Mizuno shoes, and you can enter the race. How much? $100? Yeah. I'll buy it. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Iron Rust. Iron Window. Train hard. Train smart. Kyukaha. Stop the show! Here we go. Stop it! <laughs>